listeners and welcome to at odds with the gods podcast i'm joey i'm jordan and jordan's losing it because it's been so long since we've done a proper introduction we did the proper introduction last time i don't think you said hey dear listeners we just introduced ourselves but anyway if you couldn't tell from our beautiful recreation of the work of richard wagner at the top of the episode we're covering valkyries today that was that was called ride of the valkyries in case you are in a classical iconic pieces of Am I correct in saying that? You studied music. You told me. It, it, it is one of the most recognizable. A lot of people wouldn't know the title of it. But fun fact, did you know that Beethoven's Fifth has the most recognizable four notes in the entire world? No, I didn't. You went up to like 70% of all people who existed and you went, what is this piece? Bum, 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 bum. Oh, those four notes. I was like, in my head, I couldn't figure out what you were talking about. A lot of people are like, about. that's Beethoven's Fifth. What do you say? What'd you say? It's the most recognizable no, 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 four no, no, notes. No, the composer. Beet, Beet, Beethoven. 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 You, you say the T in the back of your mouth. Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> but anyway, the Valkyries. If you are not familiar with them, they are from Norse mythology. And to put put it very simply, they are a group of mythological women who ride through the sky on horseback and choose who will survive and who will die in battle. Uh, they are also called in the Old Norse Valkyria or Valkyriord in the plural. And Val means dead body on a battlefield. Kyria means female chooser. So female chooser of the dead bodies on the battlefield. Right. There is no male Valkyrie because the word used Valkyria is a female form. That's cool though. Yeah. It really is. There was a comic I saw about... It's like fan art about T'Challa and Thor talking about how they always wanted to train, like oh, the yeah, women yeah, yeah. warriors in their culture, but they never could. The Duda Mila, <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. So Valkyries were human women who would take on the mantle of serving under the god Odin, and in taking on this mantle, they would become more than human creatures, and that's what a Valkyrie is. We don't really know for sure what the transformation process was like, but they did start out as human women that's cool i don't think i knew that mm-hmm. i always kind of I didn't equated them <laughs> almost like angels yeah because the blonde pale skin I'll, I'll get into that but as i mentioned they serve the god odin who is associated with wisdom healing royalty war sorcery and a whole lot of other things that's just a little snippet of what odin does that's, I mean, that's a pretty cool snippet, though. <laughs> yeah. And because of the fact that they choose who will live and who will die in battle, some have connected them with the Norse Norns and the Greek fates, because these are also female beings that are associated with... The future. The future and establishing someone's fate, pretty much. Right. Who's the other goddess we went over who did the same thing, but as a crow? The Morrigan. Right. Who washed your... If you saw her washing your... Yeah, if you saw her washing your bloody armor, you were going to die. Yes. Okay. Cool that it's in the same vein and that they're not necessarily right next to each other culturally. 
Before we go any further, I do just want to say I typically try to pronounce things as closely as I can to how they originally would have been said. But she will watch the YouTube video. About I, ha- five I have or six been times. doing that. That's what I did when you were at Bible study. Makes but sense. I, a lot of the words I'm about to say, I could not find pronunciations for. So please bear with me. I only speak English fluently. My other little smatterings of languages are not Icelandic or Scandinavian at all. So and just send us an goes. email if you're Norse. Please, please. <laughs> a poem that dates back to the 13th century and comes from the Njal's saga describes the Valkyries as being, um, you'll see, I'm going to get really graphic for a bit. So maybe skip forward like a solid minute just to make sure you don't hear this. There is some body horror-esque stuff I'm going to get into, but... In the poem from the saga, a man witnessed 12 Valkyries using a loom and a little bit about how looms work, because this will help on the loom. You have the up and down threads, which are called the warp. And then I think it's called the warp. And then the threads that you weave through it to make the fabric is called the weft. So they go perpendicular to each other. And the shuttle is what you use to help weft the threads through and not have as much slack thread. So you would wind your thread around the shuttle and just pass the shuttle through and only unwind the thread as you go, like as you need it. Okay. I think I'm following. Yeah. And then you have something called a reed, which you use to push the weft down. So as you're weaving the fabric, like each row of new fabric, you'd have to push it down with the reed to make room. Kind of like uh, imprinting the, like a enter on the, like a typewriter where it just completely shifts it for you yeah, to start. Yeah, sort of, sort of. So... On this loom that the Valkyries were using, as the shuttle, they were using a sword. And as the reed, they were using arrows, which, fine, you know. Yeah. It makes sense. You use those in battle. But apparently you also need weights when you work a loom. And as the weights, these Valkyries were using severed human heads. (laughs) And instead of thread, they were using human entrails. And they were choosing who would live and who would die as they wove whatever this hell fabric was oh that's metal oh my (laughs) god okay yeah so that's the graphic stuff is over (laughs) but i just i read that in the poem ravensmal which comes from the ninth century we see the valkyries are described as quote blonde bright-haired women with paler skin which is indicative of them being from a high social class valkyries are often described as being upper class women so nobility royalty people like that codification of hair by social structure is also a common theme in old norse sources so being blonde haired and also having pale skin means that you come from a family where you don't have to work outside ah yes that makes sense yeah uh the valkyries are also described as being snake-eyed which is a connection to the volsung family again it's another connection to a high class because the volsungs were a very famous family in norse mythology This poem also says that the Valkyries are not really preoccupied with men, but sometimes they will be interested in a certain war leader. And stories have been passed down about Valkyries and the particular men that they wound up setting their sights on. Ah. So, like I said, the Valkyries are going to choose who lives and who dies. And of those who die, half of them go to Folkvanger, which is the Norse afterlife that is ruled by Freya. And she is the goddess of love, fertility, sex, and war. And this part of the Norse afterlife is just a meadow or field that she rules over. Okay. And then the other half that the Valkyries select to die are led by the Valkyries to Valhalla, 
which is located in Asgard and ruled over by Odin. It's definitely the most famous concept of the Norse afterlife. The name Valhalla just means Hall of the Slain. It gets Val, Valhalla, Val, and Valkyrie Makes mean sense. the same thing. Yep. Okay. Those taken to Valhalla when they die join the ranks of the Einaryar, which means man who fights alone. But these men train daily because when Ragnarok comes around, the Einaryar are the ones who are going to go fight. Okay, so they're the ones who are in Valhalla. Yes. So the, the people who make it to Valhalla, it's just training for Ragnarok. Yes. You die cool. in battle. You get taken to Valhalla because in order to be taken Valhalla you have to die in, in battle, battle with a weapon in your hand. Yeah. And you're taken to Valhalla, but your afterlife isn't really a rest because you're training to fight in the apocalypse right. when it eventually happens. That's also metal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Man. No wonder so many metal groups have Definitely go things. after the Norse yeah. mythology take on things. Because, wow, that is... <laughs> that's metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it a little too much. I don't have another word for it. <laughs> Each night in Valhalla, after the Einariar have their day of training, the Valkyries serve them mead and meat from... Okay, this is one I definitely could not find the pronunciation for. Seidemnir? Seidemnir? It's a beast that is killed every night and resurrected the next day, and its sole purpose is to feed the Einariar. Uh, chapter 38 of the Prose Edda says it's a boar, so some sure. kind of pork-ish meat, probably. Um, fun fact, when I was looking at this, it also says in the Prose Edda that Odin does not eat the meat from uh -huh. this boar because he draws his sustenance from wine as if the wine itself were both food and drink. He just wants an excuse to drink more wine. I was like, Odin sounds kind of fun. So Odin sounds like the kind of guy who would have a dashing through Merlot sign in the kitchen. <laughs> Around the winter time. Right. Yeah. All, of, all of his towels in his kitchen have something to do with wine. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that he's drinking wine, but the Einariot are drinking mead. Well, the Viking said it right. <laughs> You know, I did also want to point out, because when I first read that the Valkyries just served meat and meat at night, it sounded kind of dumb to me at first. Like, they're these warrior women, shield maidens, and they're waitresses as their night job. But in thinking about it, I realized this was closer to the idea of the cupbearer that we talked about in one of our Zeus episodes. Like how Ganymede became right. the cupbearer of Olympus. So and it it's the same concept here. It would have been a very honorable position to have. Right. That makes sense. Especially if you're, you know, even though everyone's going to die in Ragnarok, <laughs> the Valkyries are still the ones serving the men who will fight. Well, it's also, you know, in the idea of like protection, you know, if anything were to happen, they would be the first line of defense on. Exactly you know poisonings or whatever exactly. or diseases so it's not like it isn't in line with who what you know what they represent mm -hmm. and there there are quite a few valkyrie who are actually listed by name um there's a lot so i'm not gonna go through the entire list right now but it is interesting to see how most of their names mean something related to war so makes sense ir is the name of one that means peace or mercy Hefiotor means 
warfighter or war wife. Hildur meaning battle and Thrudor meaning strength or power. Okay. So in a similar vein of talking about specific Valkyries, I am going to tell you the story of Brynhild or, or Brunhild. I'll probably just say Brunhild because I'm American and it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brunhild all the way, baby. <laughs> her name means either armor battle or bright battle. And before, again, we get into this, just a quick reminder that what we know of Norse literature, our sources are very conflicting at times. And what we do have was recorded by Christians, not the Norse peoples themselves. So what I did here was I took two versions of this story. One comes from the Volsunga saga, which dates to the late 13th century, and from the poem called The Hellride of Brynhildr, which is the English name, and that is found in the Poetic Edda. So slightly different details, but cross cross analysis. Main point's the same. It's important. So as a young girl, she's known as Hildur the Helmed. And she's raised at a palace called Hlimdaler by her king, uh, who is named King Heimer. And he married one of her sisters. She had many sisters. And at this palace, she is being raised to be a Valkyrie. And when she is either 10 or 12, I again, I saw conflicting numbers. A king named King Agnar kidnaps her and seven of her sisters by stealing their, quote, swan robes that they had left under trees while they were bathing. These are also called swan shirts, or one translation I saw said swan shirt. This... <laughs> I just love the idea that it's just like a it's just like a t-shirt and it has a swan on it. Well, I'm gonna explain what it is because <laughs> it's definitely not that. But I really, I, it's really funny to me to have this image of just like eight ten year old girls because a ten year old girl t-shirt. would definitely wear that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, fierce fierce women also trained to be Valkyries. It's <laughs> good. It's my swan shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in this context, it's referring to something that's called a swan maiden. These are mythical women who can turn into swans. So it's implied that Valkyries are swan maidens or at least some kind of feathery maiden. Right. And they possess this ability to transform. So are you familiar with the idea of a selkie? I think so. That's like origin story mermaids, right? Sort of. Okay. I think I know. Okay, well, if you are listening and you're familiar with the idea of a selkie, it's kind of a similar situation here where when the swan maiden is in their human form, they have to carry around the swan skin in order to be able to transform oh, back into a swan. Okay. So in swan maiden folktales, we'll often see the swan maidens are taking a bath. Men will sneak up on them and steal the swan skin, which prevents the swan maiden from running away, and it eventually forces her to be his wife. Boo. Literally, by stealing their skin, trapping them into a marriage. Boo. So this is what King Agnar... You can't hunt marriage. (laughs) No. So this is what King Agnar does, and he forces Brunhild and her sisters into his service, and she has to marry King Agnar when she's only 12. Boo! (laughs) (laughs) And this keeps on becoming a greater issue um, because her connection to Agnar forced her to intervene on his behalf when he was in battle against a man named Hjalm Gunnar. And this was an issue because Odin had chosen Hjalm Gunnar to win this fight. And since Brunhilde is a Valkyrie, she's connected to Odin and considered one of his warriors. She is acting in opposition of his will. Right. So there's a very obvious conflict of interest here. Right. So Odin punishes her for this. 
he sticks her with a sleeping thorn and imprisons her in a castle or tower, it's unclear, called Skadalund on Mount on, um, on Mount Hinderfall. And he curses her to sleep until she is to be married. And she responded before falling asleep that she would not marry a man unless he was a man without fear. So she falls asleep, and just to complicate matters even more, Odin creates a ring of fire around the tower she's in, so that any man trying to get to her would have to go through this ring of fire as well. That's so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you, Zeus? (laughs) But eventually, the hero Sigurd comes along, and he goes through the ring of fire and enters the castle slash tower, and he falls in love with Brunhild, and he cuts off her armor. He falls in love with her. She, you know, kind of returns the feelings and he proposes and she accepts and they promise to get married. And he gives her a magic ring, promising to return one day and marry her before he again leaves to continue his travels. Which means he's cursed. She's cursed that whole time until they actually get married. Well, him arriving in the castle slash tower woke her up. Okay. Oh, because it's... And because they're going to get married. Okay. She's good. Like, she's fine. She can stay awake and sleep at normal times. Worthy worthy man shows up. No curse. Yes. But... If only life was was that easy. Worthy (laughs) man shows up. No money. No money problem. No money problem ever. But he does leave to go continue his travels, and he runs into an issue. So he encounters Grimhild, who is an evil sorceress, who wants him, Sigurd, to marry her daughter, Gudrun. And I'm, again, about to get into a lot of names. Most of them are G names. It might help if you remember all the G names are related. Okay. That's nice. That is nice because there's three of them. Fun fact, my great grandma named all nine of her kids to have the exact same initials. Every single kid had had a J name. It was insane. Were the middle names the same? Yeah. The middle names are also. Oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was determined. So, the G-names are related. The G-names are related. So, Sigurd runs into Grimhild, the mother, who wants him to marry Gudrun, Gudrun, her daughter. Okay. And so, to get him to do this, Grimhild drugs Sigurd with a magic potion, which makes him forget all about Brunhilda, and he marries Gudrun instead. And to cover all of her bases, just to make sure, like, you know, nothing hinky is going to happen... Grimhild decides that her son, Gunnar, is going to marry Brunhild so that there's no chance of Sigurd ever leaving Gudrun for Brunhild. Okay. To make it like a forbidden siblings kind of thing? Or because they were already married? She's trying to marry off every possible party involved. That makes sense. Okay, I understand. I understand. So, like, if... Sigurd and Gudrun are married, but Brunhilda is single. Sigurd might try to leave Gudrun okay. for Brunhild, but if Brunhild is already married, he's not going to do that because right. he's a hero and he's noble. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here with you. Also, the names are also... I don't want to say foreign sounding because that sounds suspicious, but it's easy for me to hear them and conceptualize another culture except for Gunner. <laughs> like I was saying these names to myself while I was researching and I was just like oh Gunner it's like whenever I hear Gunner. someone whenever I hear an, like an audible person read 
maturity as maturity. Oh, yeah. I always snicker. It doesn't... I'm not very mature for it. Well, that's how my grandfather says it. That's like a Deep South thing. Yeah. Mature. It's just just funny. Like, I say it like it's E-R, but his name is spelled G-U-N-N-A-R. Okay. So it's not... Gunnar. Yeah. Gunnar is probably a better way to say it. I think I'll I'll probably say it like that from now on. But there's an issue. Again. Of course. Because Gunnar cannot get through the ring of fire that is surrounding Brunhilde's castle slash tower because he is not worthy he is not a man Ah. without fear and he asks Sigurd who again is his new brother-in-law to help him out with this and Sigurd is still feeling the effects of Grimhild's potion so he agrees okay so they switch bodies okay They just do it. They just do it. They just look at each other. They switch bodies. And do a handshake. They freaky Friday it. Okay. Yeah. Do they they hold like a DVD box and and say, I I wish you knew what it was like to be me? They say, wonder twin powers. Activate. (laughs) But also not really. Um, So they switch bodies. The essence, the soul of Sigurd in Gunnar's body jumps over the flames that surround Brunhild's right. tower slash castle. And she is impressed by this because not everyone can do it, but she is very reluctant to marry, and I'm doing air quotes, Gunnar. Right. Gunnar. But Sigurd as Gunnar reminds her that she made a vow to marry the man who would cross the flames, which is what she said to, um, to, to Odin. Oh, right. To Odin, that she would not marry a man without fear. And Odin said, okay, right. bet yep. here's some fire. Brunhild and Sigurd and Gunnar's body get married and they spend the next three nights together in the marriage bed. Okay. But don't get excited because Sigurd as Gunnar puts his sword in between them so they don't like touch each other. But they're married. I don't know. That is just what it said. I didn't okay. want you to get your hopes up. This is a this is not that kind of podcast. Oh, bummer. <laughs> And the two men switch back, Gunnar Gunnar returning to his own body, and he and Brunhild leave the tower. They pulled it off. She has no idea what happened. Right. Okay. And so she is just taken back to Gunnar's hall to live with him. I hate this. And until she and Gudrun, who is her sister-in-law, they get into a fight one day. I don't know how much time has passed. I could not find out how much time had passed from... Gunnar and Brunhild getting married to this happening. So could have been weeks, could have been months, could have been years. I hope it's a sword fight. It's not a sword fight. Oh, but that'd be so cool. I know, but it's not. I imagine they're getting in this heated argument. They're going back and forth. And Brunhild just grabs a sword off the wall and says on guard. If she was a Valkyrie, it would have been pretty cool. Right? Or she was trained as a Valkyrie, at least. So, like, tell me that wouldn't be a cool... I just really hope it's a. We're just gonna. We'll just rewrite it, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I feel princess and princess bride vibes, like when Indigo Montoya and Wesley are in their sword fight. (laughs) I'm I'm just imagining that. It's uh, it's not. I'm sorry. It is not that. Axes and <laughs> a Valkyrie. Axes and everybody has a ton of braids in their hair. Yes. <laughs> but this fight, which I fear now is going to be totally underwhelming because there's no swords. This fight starts by 
Brunhild saying that she should not have to share the same bathing water as Gudrun because her husband is more important than Gudrun's husband. Okay. And Gudrun takes offense to this and in the heat of the argument tells her about the whole Sigurd Gunnar body switching mess. It was actually Sigurd who had crossed the flames and returned to Brunhild, not Gunnar. Okay. And Gudrun proves this by showing Brunhild a ring that Sigurd had taken from her, Brunhild, and given to Gudrun. Which, that is very messy. If that is me. very messy. I just, it just clicked for me that the reason Sigurd put the sword in between them was because Sigurd technically wasn't the one married to her. Yes. I, I don't know why that didn't click and for me And also because of the spell, he was still in love with right. yep. someone else. Yep. I don't know why I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can cut whatever you want. Jesus. No, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Cute. Anyway, so he gives her a ring to uh-huh. prove that what they're saying is true. Sigurd had taken a ring from Brunhild and given it to Gudrun. And so to prove that what she was saying was correct about the body switching thing. She used that. Gudrun like, showed Brunhild the ring. Because Sigurd got and this. And said proof. Right. Yeah. Okay. So conveniently, Sigurd's memory returns. I don't know why... It returned now. That must have been a hell of a potion. But his memory comes back and he remembered the vows and the promises he'd made to Brunhild before leaving her and getting drugged and marrying Gudrun. Right. He confesses his love for Brunhild, offers to leave Gudrun and marry her, but it's too late. Brunhild has already been spurned and the damage has been done. So Brunhild asks her husband... Gunnar to kill Sigurd for her. Oh my god. And Gunnar refuses. But his younger brother, <laughs> named uh, Guthorm, agrees to do so. And Guthorm attacks Sigurd in his sleep. And as Sigurd is dying, he mortally wounds Guthorm and returns. So Guthorm also dies. Okay. Man, I really <laughs> wanted to be a fan of Brudhild until the very end. There are two endings. Oh, is there a happy ending? No. Two bad endings. <laughs> Two bad endings. What are we playing? Five Nights at Freddy's? I'm That's a know. niche joke. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. But... <laughs> One ending says that Brunhild laughed when she heard Gudrun's cries of anguish at hearing that her husband had died. Oh. Brunhild then prophesied, told a little bit of the future. I don't know what she said. Um, but after she did that, she stabbed herself and... Oh was burned on the same funeral pyre as Sigurd. That's poetic. According to her own wishes. Oh, that's poetic. Which, if you ask me, she ordered him to be killed. I don't really think she should get to be burned on the same... I mean, that's true. That's true. ...pyre. Maybe a smaller fire. Maybe. And in the other ending, um, Brunhild killed Sigurd and Gudrun's young son as well. And then she killed herself by throwing herself onto Sigurd's funeral pyre. I don't know which one I like better. That last one I take more is maybe she recognized her mistake yeah. and wanted to rectify it. I guess that makes sense. By burning with him so they would continue to be together. Right. But yeah, that is, that is um, one of the most famous stories about one of the Valkyries. One of the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. This could be a whole little mini-series. She is the most well-known one. Okay. I believe Even it. though there's not a lot of Valkyrieing going on. I feel like I've seen a lot of like Bruna 
type Brunhild like angels a, being being depicted, and I'm sure this Brunhild is still a very popular name, right? Even Brynhildr. I like I like Bryn a lot as a name, but Hilda Hilda is not really a popular name here in the U.S. That's true. So 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 there's a lot of Valkyries everywhere. Yes, <laughs> all over the place in pop culture. This is in no means an exhaustive list. So if I missed your favorite, I'm sorry, but. <laughs> Like we said at the top of the episode, probably the most iconic example of Valkyries in popular culture is Richard Wagner's piece, Ride of the Valkyries, which is part of his ring cycle. Also, Valkyrie appears in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's played by Tessa Thompson in the movies Thor, Ragnarok, and Avengers Endgame. And sorry if that's a spoiler, I guess, but those came out in 2017 and 2019. So you've, yeah, get with the you've times. had time. <laughs> Valkyrie is also in the Marvel Comics. She first appears in the Avengers number 83, which came out in 1970. Wow, that's a long time ago. My parents were one year old. When that comic came out. When that comic came out. That's great. Yeah, because it was in, I think it was in December 1970, so. My my mom wasn't born yet. (laughs) (laughs) But in these comics, she's also known by her Asgardian name, which is, shocker, Brunhild. And she was chosen by Odin to lead the Valkyries. She rides a winged horse named Aragorn, and her sword is called Dragonfang, and she was part of the first Defenders team that appeared in the comics. Norse things also appear quite a bit in Japanese media, which I was really surprised to see. Yeah, because how, 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 did, how did it influence it in the first place, you know? Yeah. But there, but, is, there is a ton of anime. <laughs> yeah, with, with that in mind... Valkyrie is one of the eight fists in the Japanese manga history's strongest disciple, Kenichi. Two, two Valkyries also appear in the Japanese light novel and anime series High School DXD. And the webcomic, which is titled Sparkling Generation Valkyrie Yuki, follows a boy named Yuki who has turned into a Valkyrie. It's a magical girl type deal uh-huh. because he gets turned into a female. And from what I read about it, that's where a lot of the jokes come from. Sure. Okay. And he's just having to learn how to be... A woman. Of Valkyrie. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Valkyries also appear in the sixth season of the television show Xena Warrior Princess. There's a role-playing video game called Valkyrie Profile Lineth, in which you play as a Valkyrie named Lineth. Valkyries are also fightable enemies in the video game Latale, and it's a player class in the video game Dark Age of Camelot. She's only halfway done. Mm -hmm. The web series Ruby features a character named Nora Valkyrie, who, from what I understand, is pretty much just a female Thor. So Valkyrie is more of a nod to the Norse origins, if anything. But also at some point in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss, there is a group of women who call themselves Valkyries. Don't yell at me. I'm only on book two. I think they come up in the most recent one, but they're also there. At some point. And this is the last one because I know you're going to have something to say about it. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to scream when I found this out. Valkyries are in God of War. (laughs) Um, Oh, in the new ones. uh Of course they are. They absolutely, of course, are. They have their own side quest. Uh, Kratos and his son Atreus have to fight and kill them to free them from the curse that Odin has placed upon them. Oh, they have to kill them. Of course. No way. Uh And I watched... A couple playthroughs, and it is incredibly graphic. You literally, when you, there are nine Valkyries to fight, with the last and most difficult one being Sigrun, their queen. And from what I understand, they are extremely difficult 
fights. The comments of one of the playthroughs I kind of skipped through said that where there were a couple comments saying they spent two to three hours on one of the fights. And there's nine of them. Woof. I think it was on like the final final boss, the queen. But like when you kill her, Kratos rips her wings out of her back. And I was... (laughs) Kratos, (laughs) see a therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, though, I guess I'll impart this knowledge on you. Um, But if you are currently playing through the Norse-themed God of War games and you want to do this side quest, apparently the key to defeating the Valkyries is just patience and be ready to dodge a lot. Oh, so like (laughs) Dark Age (laughs) or Dark Souls. That's the game. I know you know nothing about it. It's it's just Dodge City. This is the only way to win or survive. So for this episode, I used the book Warriors, Witches, Women by Kate Hodges. Many Wikipedia pages, as can be just expected at this point. And also, one really cool source I found that I was excited about this week was the video Valkyries, parentheses, Valkyrior on Dr. Jackson Crawford's YouTube channel. So he's a historical linguist and is a resident scholar at the University of Colorado, at least as of 2020. He was also an Old Norse language and runes consultant for the Assassin's Creed Valhalla video game and for the Disney movie Frozen. So he really knows what he's talking about. He has a lot of good free content on his YouTube channel. So if you want to do a bit of a deeper dive into Norse mythology for yourself, definitely recommend it. His video on Valkyries has a really cool linguistical perspective as well, which I really appreciated. So that is all I have. Do you have your recaps? All right, here's the recap. Recap number one. Um, just super upset that I can't be a Valkyrie. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go dye team, my hair blonde and become a Valkyrie. Team, please do. <laughs> team, team T'Challa and Thor Club can't, can't be the, the cool, hot women warriors. <laughs> recap number two. Mm-hmm. Wow, Valkyries are metal as all get out. <laughs> I would be both terrified and in awe to be in the same room as one. Uh, just the image of them weaving with intestines is enough. <laughs> yeah, that is horrible. <laughs> A sight to imagine. Recap number three. We all know that we all know, we all learned that Valkyries are uh, can sometimes shapeshift into swans. But we all know that instead of having feathers that you just like hang up on a tree, it's just a t-shirt with a swan on it. Just a cute little swan. It's a Lisa Frank shirt with a swan on it. Yes, absolutely <laughs> it is. It's, it, it's, like, uh, it's, like, it's like a motivational thing. It's ha- it says like, succeed under the, <laughs> under the swan. So that's all we have for you for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you did enjoy this episode or if you've been listening and like what we've been doing so far please consider leaving us a four or five star review on your podcast platform if it allows you to do so if you have the ability to leave a written review we would also appreciate that very much you can find us on social media at instagram and tiktok at aowtg podcast you can also send us an email at aowtg podcast at gmail.com and remember if you don't have a mythology friend you probably are the mythology friend I'm I'm gonna go rip out my. I'm just kidding. Hold on. What? <laughs> rip out my intestines Jesus and use them Christ. as a guitar. I don't know why. A guitar. Because the way they use it, like string. Yeah, like thread to wo- yes. weave a fabric, not guitar strings. Holy <laughs> crap! 
I'm gonna go bleach my hair blonde and just hit the gym. <laughs> I'm gonna go put on a swan shirt and cry. <laughs> <laughs>